Hi, everybody. It's Neil and Cheryl Josephson from Family Life Canada. We want to thank you for tuning in and even more for investing in your parenting journey. We built this workshop for you to provide real hope, practical help, and proven wisdom for you and your family. Now, just listen, learn, and then live it. Well, hello and welcome or welcome again to Family Life Canada's Parenting Conference. My name is Ben Woodman, and this session is all about how can I help my child follow Jesus for a lifetime. Now, maybe let us let me start with the bad news. The bad news is there's no three-step formula. There's no um, uh, magic kind of ingredient to like guarantee that your kid will follow Jesus for a lifetime. That would be amazing if there was, but unfortunately, there's no magic formula. There's no three-step process that works for everyone. And, and that's the bad news. But the good news is people from families that are... Um, that are rough, people who have had a lot of challenges and struggles in their families, love Jesus and receive that faith from their parents. I would be one of those people. And so the good news is, no matter what your situation, no matter what struggles you're facing, you can pass on an authentic faith faith to your kids. And so let's jump into stuff. My hope is at the end of this session, you'll have a few practical ideas on what you can, um, you know, what you can do, how you can incorporate faith into your family life a little bit more. And let me say right off the top, I'm not going to talk about doing family devotions, okay? Some of the best people I know, the people who love Jesus the most, their kids were raised the best. I was like, wow, what a family. They didn't do family devotions, okay? So there's some other stuff you can do. So you don't, I just want to say right from the beginning, don't feel guilty if you don't do family devotions, okay? Now, before I jump too far in, let me introduce myself again. I'm Ben Woodman, and I... I actually only recently became a dad. And so I have a baby girl, six months old, uh, after a long, long time, my wife and I were trying to start a family. And so our little baby girl is a real answer to prayer. And uh, I got a call from the organizers of the conference and they said, hey, could you come and talk about how can I help my child follow Jesus for a lifetime? And I said, listen, I haven't been a parent for that long. I haven't, you know, only six months, you know? And, uh, but they said, no, 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 from your experience in youth ministry. And so I do have a lot of experience in youth ministry. My whole professional life, I've devoted in one way or another to helping teenagers discover and deepen their relationship with Jesus. And so that's been my journey over the last 20 plus years and uh, working with parents, training youth leaders, working with youth themselves. And so uh, my specialty has been kind of that 12 to 18 age range, but I want to kind of share stories and ideas that'll work beyond just that age range. And so let me jump in. And and what I thought I would do is... uh, I'll use my own personal story as a backdrop, if that's okay. Uh, my own life, I I made a list of things that kind of were going on in my family. Uh, so here's a few things, some of the struggles we face. So there was uh, bankruptcy, adultery, alcoholism, a lot of angry outbursts, uh, a lot of passive, maybe not passive aggressive, but passively ignoring conflict. And yet... Today, I have a good relationship with my parents. I have uh, two sisters, one older, a couple years older, one a couple years younger. All of us have good relationships with our parents, and all of us uh, love Jesus. We all have a faith of our own that is meaningful to us. And I remember as uh, uh, I was probably about 11 years old, my older sister, Rochelle, someone asked her, who's your best friend? And I remember hearing Rochelle say, Jesus is my best friend. 
And I, that was the first time I'd heard like, what? Like Jesus can be your friend. And so I, just to give you some context of this is the family I grew up in. It wasn't without struggles, but there was sincere living faith that was passed on to me. I'm so grateful for my parents for passing that on to us. And so I hope that brings hope to you, to your family, to your parenting. Uh, there. Jesus can, he loves working through all the mess. He, that's, he lives with us. He, lo- he lives in our hearts. He lives in our homes. He loves us so much. He loves us as we are, not as we should be. And so uh, I hope this is just encouraging for you. So let me use it as a backdrop and just tell you some of the things my parents did that, uh, that I think paved the way for me and my sisters to have a faith that lasts a lifetime. And this is stuff I've seen in other families that I've worked with as well. So I got seven things, okay? Seven things, and uh, if you're taking notes, you can take notes. If you're if you're driving, and you're just listening to this. Don't take notes, okay? Or you can pull the car over and m- make a couple notes. But uh, uh, really simple stuff, okay? The first one is they encouraged me. Uh, they were generous with words of encouragement and kindness. And I want to encourage you to be generous with words of encouragement and kindness. Some of us grew up in families where there was no kind word spoken. It was never said, I love you. It was never said, I do a good job. Maybe you got a, a, a good grade on a test or did good in a, 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 you know, some sort of thing, sports or a play or something at school. And then they, own, they still found the ways to criticize it. Some of us, you know, we have all sorts of different experiences. But I want to, no matter what your experience was, I want to encourage you to be generous and kind with words of encouragement. This is so important. It's so important because uh, they give life. Words can build us up and it gives us shapes and imagination. And so my parents were really generous with encouragement, saying, I love you, saying, you can do it, saying, I'm, I'm for you, saying, I'm praying for you. And so I'm really grateful to mom and dad for that. Now, here's the, the big one, okay? This is maybe the biggest uh, point of all. When I called a few friends and I said, hey, what? why do you follow Jesus? Like, What did your parents do to pass on faith to you? Uh, this was what they said. They said they lived out their faith, and my parents lived out their faith. Now, uh, I remember my dad, sometimes I would see him highlighting his Bible, or I'd see him writing on scraps of paper Bible verses that he wanted to memorize, and so you'd have just scraps of paper with a Bible verse on it. And uh, I would have sometimes see him with an open Bible. I remember he got me my first Bible. He got me also a one-year Bible. And so they were just living it out, his love for the Bible. My mom, she loved to worship through songs. So there's music playing a lot of the time in our house, in the car. And, and she would worship. She would love using her voice to sing and worship. And it, it made an impact, right? The other thing I saw, I remember this one moment. I walked in on my mom, and she was in her bedroom. And I walked in, her, in on her, and she was on her knees with her face down and maybe her hand in her uh her face in her hands and she was I she might have even been crying but she was praying she was crying out to God she was like down on the ground crying out to God and I was kind of like Whoa. like I, I was like a young teenager at the time I was like whoa I was backing up and she goes it's okay man I'm just praying and then she came to me later and said hey I was just I was just pouring out my heart to God so there's this genuine uh pouring out her heart, living out her faith, uh, you know, in her day-to-day life. Uh, you know, my friend uh, Jason, he talks about how every morning he would see his dad sitting in a, you know, the, the chair in the living room with his Bible and a cup of coffee. And it just makes an impact when you see that. But I, I didn't see my parents doing that every day. Uh, don't get me wrong. But there was these moments. And that's what's cool about what God can do. Those moments uh, it, even if they're not every day, they can really make an impact. So they lived their faith out. What's some other things I remember? 
Um, my mom uh, had a real emphasis on learning to hear the voice of God. So in our home, she was trying to discern and sense what God was doing and sense his peace and sense his voice through scripture and through his spirit. And so she was trying to lean in and learn how to hear the voice of God. I remember... <clears throat> Excuse me, I remember at church, um, my dad would always stay late to help. He'd put the chairs away, always serving at church. I remember um, thinking uh, a few times when my dad would stop to help people who were kind of less fortunate, and it was kind of uncomfortable. And But in front of me, and he would include me just saying, okay, we're going to help this person get him a meal or or just talk with people, get to hear their story. And he pulled me in. And, and so I started to get this idea like, oh, this is what we do. This is what we do as followers of Jesus who believe that God is real, who believe that God loves us, who believe that God wants to intervene in people's lives and break through. This is how we live. We serve, we're generous, we pray, we worship. And so they, that's the number one thing. If you remember nothing out, live out your faith. And uh, we'll come to some other ideas on how we do that. But, but that's just the core of everything I want to share with you today. So the, a few other ones, though. Okay, one is they talked about it. Okay, so, uh, and again, it wasn't through devotions. It was they shared things that they were thinking about, praying for, talking about uh, with each other, what they learned at, from church, what they learned at small group. Now, uh, one of the things we do is a lot, it's really common for people to say uh, to maybe a kid who went to Sunday school class, say, what was the class about? What did you learn? And we kind of interrogate them, right? But I want to encourage you not just to interrogate them, but also share what God was doing in your heart. Oh, we sang this song and it was about how the Lord is, God is Lord over all creation. And it really impacted my heart. It reminded me that he's bigger than all the things that all the struggles we face. Or maybe it's like through the message today, they shared this one verse and this is one of my favorite verses. And so then they start to get an imagination for, oh, this is what faith, how faith intersects with our daily lives. And so talk about it. It reminds me of that verse in Deuteronomy 6. And it says, these commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. And then it says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And so this, this idea of like, hey, talk about what God is doing. Talk about what God is saying. Talk about what God has done. Uh, talk about what God's doing in your heart or what you've seen him do around you. Uh, it just makes all the difference. And I, I want to say again, is you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have uh, all the answers to all the questions. Just be real about your life. And actually, I'm jumping ahead. I, mean, I think that was one of the points is, is be real. But let me, let me come back to it. Okay, the other thing is um, my parents prayed with and for me. And I want to encourage you to pray with and for your kids. Now, I know for some friends of mine who love Jesus, have a sincere faith, and they, they pray on their own, but they are still a little bit uncomfortable praying out loud. And if you're someone who's in ministry and you do that all the time, it's like it might seem like no big deal. But if you're someone who's watching and you kind of feel uncomfortable with the idea of praying out loud for your family, for your kids, I want to encourage you that that maybe like bookmark this and say, okay, I'm going to try to learn how to do this without feeling uncomfortable. And there's something about uh, the with uh, my work with Alpha, we would we teach people how to pray as they're introducing prayer to people who may be new to it. And the way we teach them to introduce prayer, and I find it really helpful for myself, is we three words: simple, sincere, and short. And so I want to encourage you, if uh, you know whether or not you're comfortable or not praying out loud, either way, pray simple, sincere, short prayers, and pray them often. If you ever have an idea, you're driving along and you have an idea of like. 
uh, you remember something's happening. Someone's, ha- you know, someone's at the doctor or someone's um, going through a tough time and you remember and you think, oh, I should pray for them. You could even pray right then. You can just say, hey, uh, my, my baby girl's name is Livia. I'll just say, hey, Livia, w- let's stop. We're going to say a quick prayer for uh, fill in the blank for grandma. We're going to say a quick prayer for uh, Mark. And then we just say, God, intervene in Mark's life. God, intervene in grandma's life. Uh, you can do something great. We love you. Amen. Simple, sincere, and short. Uh, and so pray with and for them. One of the things I started doing, and I imagine I'll do a version of it for uh, a long time with Livia, is I just kind of put a hand on her head at bedtime and I just say, I just bless her. Uh, and moms and dads, you have the authority to bless your kids. And I say, God bless you and keep you. God make his face shine on you. May God be gracious to you and give you his peace. Amen. And then sometimes I pray a little bit more and sometimes I don't. I just, I want a simple blessing. And you don't have to pray those exact words, just a blessing from your heart, from what you know to be true about God. God, would you bless my baby girl, my baby with uh, peace, with your love. Fill this room, fill their hearts with your love and a sense of your presence. Something like that is beautiful. Hey, like, let's go for it. Uh, The other thing I want to say is, uh, number five, is provide uh, experiences. Uh, And that's what my parents did. They provided experiences. They would go to conferences. They would go to church uh, on Sundays, sometimes midweek. They would do go to prayer meetings sometimes. They encouraged me to go to youth group. They uh, sent me to kids' church. And what's cool is also, just a uh, side note, is I went started going to youth group at my church, and I didn't like it. I didn't connect with it. I, it, I didn't connect with the people or what they were doing. And so my mom, I think she made me go uh, maybe it was once or a couple times. And then I was like, I really don't like it. And then she didn't force me to go. But there was something that was like a risky, you can imagine as a mom, like, oh my goodness, my kid's not liking church. Like, you know, she's probably feeling that, but she's saying, I'm not going to force this on him. Right. And that was like, I'm so grateful. She didn't force me to go to this youth group. I didn't want to go to. And so uh, I found another youth group down the road in, in life. I found another youth group. It made a huge impact on my life. And I still think about the youth leaders and the time I spent in, in, those, uh, in those group settings. And so provide experiences, though. Maybe this is camp. And the thing with conferences and camps and these, some of these experiences, some of them cost money. And so some of them are a sacrifice. And so you're saying, hey, I'm going to sacrifice maybe even uh, a different type of vacation because I want my kids, I want my youth to have this experience, to be at kids camp, to be at uh, day camp, to be whatever it is, but where there's a faith element, right? You're providing the experience. You're bringing them along to a family camp or to a church, you know, meeting or prayer meeting. And you and they don't have to engage with the whole thing. You're not forcing them. We're saying, hey, but we do this as a family. I want you to check it out. I want you to open your heart to God if you're willing. Um, the other thing, uh, you know, I already mentioned it is they were real. And I think this is a really huge one for all of us. It's just be yourself. Uh, my parents were, uh, that were good at being themselves. They weren't pretending. They weren't, uh, pretending they had it all together. When I asked the question that they didn't know the answer to, they just said, I don't know. And it just meant a lot to me. And so I think like, instead of pretending, uh, that we never have doubts, we can, we can allow for doubts. It's like doubts aren't bad. Doubts aren't toxic, I've heard it said. Uh, it's, it's actually unspoken or unwrestled with doubts that become toxic. It's like we got to allow big questions. And you'll see, uh, you know, I have, you know nieces, nephews, uh, friends, kids. Well, all of a sudden, it's like they're five, six, seven years old. They're asking big questions about life and why we do this and why does God do this? And uh, there's big questions. And it's like, we got to nurture those questions, allow for mystery and allow for, oh, let's figure this out together. Uh, one of the, just off the top of my head, 
a resource that I really like is uh, The Bible Project. And so they have YouTube videos. They have over 100 YouTube videos that are free and help explain parts of the Bible and uh, different ideas and themes. And so I really recommend that to you. That's the kind of thing where a teen or youth or even adults, we c- you can watch the same video two, three, four times and get something different out of it uh, each time. And so The Bible Project on YouTube. Excuse me. So the other thing about being real is my parents were... Um, like I mentioned that time I saw my mom kind of crying out to God. They were real in their prayers and their expressions of worship. They weren't pretending everything was all, all good in life. And there's something so important about us being real. And then the other thing that this is my uh, seventh point that is super important when we're talking about being real and living out your faith is what do you do when it goes wrong? And I want to encourage you to apologize when you get it wrong apologize when you say something you regret, when you react a way you, you didn't mean to react or you don't want to you know, do, continue to do that. Uh, later, calming down, pulling your kid aside and say, hey, I, I just want to apologize for that. Uh, again, some of us came from families where there was no apologies when the parents messed up, but the kids had to apologize when they messed up. Uh, I'm so grateful. And I don't think I would have a faith in Jesus because I mentioned there's all these struggles in my family. If they were just like living out this faith but never apologizing for the areas in their life where they were getting it wrong, I don't think I'd be following Jesus today because it's, it, it, it breeds like a like a resentment because you're looking at the hypocrisy. So we got to be honest about the where areas we get it wrong. And you don't have to go into all big details, you, but you know, if you say an off word, if you, if you react a certain way, uh, a later, it doesn't have to be right in the moment. It's even more powerful if it's later on. You come to them and you say, hey, like, I'm sorry, I don't want to do that. I don't think it's right to speak like that or to say that. Uh, I'm sorry I reacted like that. Uh, and then tell them something true. I, you know, this is what I believe is right. This is what I believe, uh, you know. Um, something encouraging or something just true about what you did and what you how you want to live. And so that's uh, kind of seven things. Let me read them again. Okay, because uh, they're not like, they don't all start with the letter P. I, don't, I didn't think about that. I could have started them all with the letter P. Uh, okay, uh, be generous with your encouraging words. Live out your faith. Talk about it. Pray with your kids and for them. Provide experiences. Be real apologize when you're wrong. And then finally, just as we wrap up, I want to encourage you to be kind to yourself. Uh, I want to encourage you that we're going to get it wrong. We're not going to, we don't have it all together. We don't have all the answers. Uh, Every single one of us is going to get it wrong. And so I really want to encourage you to be kind to yourself like Jesus is kind to you. He loves us as we are, not as we should be. He loves the real you, the today you, not some future version of you that hopefully is better. Uh, and for, you know, maybe that, you know, is, is more intelligent, is more in shape. No, no, we're not talking about a future version of you. He loves the real you. Uh, and his grace is so sufficient for us. And so I think of scriptures like uh, his his power is made perfect in our weakness. I think of verses like, uh, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up or, or God gives grace to the humble. Let's be people who uh, receive God's grace and then we're, be gracious to ourselves. You gotta be gracious to yourselves. There's so much guilt as parents that we're already dealing with. And when we think about this area of like, what can we do in this area of faith? It's like, we have to bring that guilt to Jesus 
remind ourselves of what he's accomplished on the cross for today and our future missteps and mistakes and, and, you know, where we get it wrong. He's so kind. He's so forgiving. And let me say this. We are not parenting uh, and trying to raise our kids for Jesus. We're raising our kids with Jesus. That's all of life. We don't have to do life just for God. We're doing it with God. Yes, there's an element of it. It's for God. We want to honor him and love him and revere his name. But he doesn't leave us alone. He gives us his spirit. And he's so gracious. He's so patient. He never gets discouraged. He's never anxious. And so for yourself and for me, just an encouragement that be gracious with yourself. If you're tired and worn out, come to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me in these areas. And I believe that he's going to help you. And so I want to leave you with a, a couple questions to consider. And, and then I want to pray for you, if that's all right. Um, before I do, let me just kind of do a practical note. Uh, if you are watching this and you want to reach out, I'd be happy to be in touch. You can send me a text message. My phone number is 778-772-4446. And uh, please, if you're watching this and you want to connect, uh, you want to follow up, my phone number again is 778-772-4446. And I'd be happy to connect um, with with you about just this journey that we're on and especially about being gracious to yourself, okay? Um, but a couple questions to leave you with and let me pray for you. So one question I have is, what's one unrealistic expectation that you've put on yourself that you can let go of in view of God's grace? What's one unrealistic expectation that you've put on yourself that you can let go of in view of God's grace? And maybe just take a moment now to consider it. Maybe God will bring something to mind. God, what's an unrealistic expectation that I've, I've, I'm carrying that by your grace you don't want me to carry? And then the other question I have for you is what's one thing you could try? Just one. Whether that's Um, sharing a personal story about your own faith, whether it's praying for them, maybe it's praying at a random time, whether that's putting on a worship song, you know, on a drive and telling your kids why you like it. What's one thing that you could try? Just one. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we're so grateful for your love for us and that you're so gracious and merciful. You're so patient with us. And I pray for everyone watching and listening that you would strengthen them in their inner being, that we would have power together with all your holy people to experience your love in a deeper way, the depth of your love for us as we are. And Father, I ask that that would overflow by the power of your Holy Spirit to a new, fresh love for our kids and that you would give us words and ideas and questions to ask. You'd give us moments. You'd give us courage to uh, speak up or to say a prayer. You'd help us uh, if our kids don't like the idea and our kids push back, that you'd give us resilience to try again and again and again and again and again because we love you and we love our kids so much. And God, thank you that you love our kids even more than we do. I bless my friends who are listening today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, friends.
Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you're feeling encouraged and that you have some new tools to try out in your own parenting. Before you go, we want to remind you that our team is here for you to respond to your parenting questions and especially to pray for you. So please email your questions and any prayer requests you might have to questions at familylifecanada.com. We really do want to help.